Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, whether it's bad, or whether it's ugly. I'm your host, Brian Sin, and I have a special co-host today. Stephen is out, but I've got Brad Whitehead on here co-hosting. Brad, what's going on, buddy? Man, I'm loving this weather. The fishing is getting hot, and it is great time to be in the outdoors. I, I don't know how long I'll be able to stay on this radio or this phone us doing this because after hearing some of these reports, I'm probably going to have to go this afternoon. You may have to night. knock on off and go a little, go get your <laughs> afternoon fishing trip. Not that you fish enough already. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you jumping on here. And guys, just to uh, just to kind of fill you in and let you know, Stephen, just keep him in your prayers. Uh, his business actually uh, caught on fire this weekend. He had a tragedy, busiest time of the year for him. So uh, I'd ask all you listeners to just keep Stephen in your prayers as he tries to get things straightened out and figured out and uh, line back out. And he is uh, he's a guy that will do it and will persevere through this. But it was a, a definite, unexpected, uh, unexpected hard deal. Uh, busiest time of the year for him. So y'all keep him in your prayers. But yeah, man, we've got a good show lined up for de- today. And, and, and again, Brad, thank you for jumping on, man. I, I started thinking of, uh, now who am I going to get to do this show since Stephen's out this week? Because I didn't want him to have to fool with this. And, and uh, I was like, man, I appreciate old Brad because I know he can do it. He can talk. Well, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's really neat to hear from listeners. Uh, I get emails, I get, you know, likes, people come on Facebook, Instagram to check you out after, you know, being on the show. And and that's what it's about. Making contacts, letting people know from one end to the state to the other of what's going on and exactly what you said. It's either good, bad, or ugly. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> it has been very, very good here on Pickwick Lake the last couple of weeks. Man, that is exciting to hear. And I'm telling you, I walked out this morning, got the kids up for school, and walked out about daylight. And I was like, man, I wish I was on the water or a deer stand or something and instead of getting all these kids off to school. But uh, it's just a phase of life I'm in. Well, it's coming. We, I think it'll just get better um, for us. As far as the fishermen, and I, and I know the list that gets on here, you know, uh, a lot of great guides up here in North Alabama that, that talks on here. We want cool weather and about two inches of rain. A couple of days of cool weather and about two inches of rain to keep the current flow. So, you know, we had quite a bit of rain last weekend. And it's just absolutely made the fishing come on fire. Uh, I was going to say, that's all to do with current, right? It is. They've got, uh, on Wilson Dam right now, they, they've got about 10 spillways open. So that just adds to the mix. Uh, it pushes about 65,000 CFCs down the lake. And, you know, they'll cut them back a little bit for the weekend. But as I sent you a picture of Sunday, normally uh-huh. Sundays are a little slow just because it's got, a, you know, the current's just a little bit slow. But I'm going to tell you, we had over 50 smallmouth, me and my son. He's my unpaid client. That's what right. I tell everybody. He, I, I want days like that with paid customers and clients. He told me, he said, Dad, you, you hadn't took me minnow fishing in a couple of weeks. I'm ready to go. And I said, well, that's fine, son. We'll go. Of course, next week we're headed to the national championship, Kentucky Lake. So oh, I, man. I knew, 
it's going to be, man, they're on fire. I mean, these kids, they are absolutely on fire, ready to get to Kentucky Lake. And, and I'm ready. This is a new step for us. Uh, we've never – no one in our school system has made it to the national championship. So, I'm – man, I'm tickled to death. Man, I bet you are. That's uh, great, man. That he's, so, he's going to get to go up there and fish in the national championship for – for the first time y'all ever had anybody from your area or from your that school go there, huh? Oh, yes. And and here's the great thing about it. It won't mean as much until he gets ready to graduate. If he's fortunate enough to win, he'll get a full-ride scholarship somewhere. So, oh, man. But he's competing against 250 of the best. Well, it's 250 boats. So nearly 500 of the best bass anglers in the high school division in the country so, well man um, that I, I we had a young man on our show several weeks ago i don't know if y'all heard if you heard this one or not brad it's been it's probably been a couple months ago now but he won the national championship on kentucky lake two years in a row he yeah, wanted yeah and and and, and wanted in the same pocket little bitty spot with the same fishing lure and uh, when it came signing day for college, he was the first one uh, in that school's history to – he was sitting up there with the football players and the baseball players on national signing day signing a, bass, a scholarship to Montevallo. Did, uh, which, did you ever think you'd be talking about that on a radio show? Crazy. A kid out of – can be from any town. You know, the great thing about it, you can go to a 1A school or you can go to – whatever the highest school is, ours is a 6A, and you right. have the same opportunity. As I preach to our kids, it's not the boat, it's not the tackle, it's you being on the water, putting time on the water. Now, I will say this, it's good to have good equipment, it's good to have the right boat, it's good to have the right tackle, but if you spend time on the water, you're going to learn so much at that age. You know, it's just unbelievable. If you get a chance, if you're listening to this, and you're 18 or younger, if you get a chance to go fishing with anybody, it don't matter who it is, jump in the boat with them. I guarantee you, you're going to learn something that day. You're going to learn something. Absolutely. Well, speaking of learn something, let's learn what you did. You said it's, I mean, you sent me a picture oh, that is extremely impressive. Those are some big crappie. Now, wait a minute. Wait, which one did you send me? Hold on. Hold on. Let me look back. Oh, oh never mind, back. never mind, never mind. I better look back. <laughs> Golly. I slipped one in there on you on Sunday. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, um, I tell you, we were men of fishing. You know, we've been preaching this. Live bait fishing. It's, it's in full swing. You know, Sunday, like I said, on, on Sundays, if you travel up here this time of year, normally Sundays are a little slow simply because they're not generating as much water. But now they, they've got eight or ten spillways open, and that's creating a lot of current downriver. And it was a nasty day. And it's like I, I told a guy called me the other day. I'll tell you a little quick story. I said, um, you know, we were getting pretty bad weather reports going to come through Friday. And I told a guy, I said, um, he said, you going to fish Friday? I said, no, Nathan's out of school. We've got to do some running around, see some of our sponsors and whatnot. And I said, if you want to catch your trophy smallmouth, Friday's going to be the time to do it. You think so? I said, there's no doubt. It's nasty. A front's coming through. Mark my word. 
Within three hours, he called me. He said, well, I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you that you're right. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I had on one of the largest smallmouths, the biggest smallmouth I've ever seen in, on Pickwick Lake. I said, Goodness. I told you. If it's nasty, you know, overcast, maybe even a cold front, raining, those are the days that you're going to catch your trophy smallmouth. Well, Sunday kind of lined up as that. Wasn't a cold front, but we had storms or, or rain showers coming in about every two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, from 7 o'clock to 2 o'clock, it was nonstop. I mean, I made 22 casts and caught 22 smallmouths off of one area. What? Yes. It was over 50. He stopped counting. And i tell you something else I saw that I've never seen before. And I'm sure a lot of these guys, they see this kind of stuff. I've just personally never seen it. I had about a three and a half pound smallmouth on. And my son actually caught a glimpse of another one with it. You see this happen up north a lot, but you don't see it a lot on Pickwick. He grabbed his rod and dropped a minnow down and caught another three and a half pound smallmouth that was running with it, trying to fight over the, you know, the live bait. The bait. So it was, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, how many times can you say you've been sitting in a boat with your son and both of you have a three and a half pound smallmouth on at the same time? I mean, that's you crazy. Know, to fishermen, that's, that's a, that's a pretty to neat catch idea. that many in a row, I mean, legit that many in a row, that is, that is phenomenal. So, so as far as your setup, walk me through the setup. It's really simple. Uh, you got to start with a good tank when we do these reports. No doubt, my tank of choice is an extreme bait tank. They're made right here in the USA. They're made in Kentucky. Now, they are, when I tell guys about these bait tanks, you know, they're thinking in the $100 range. Well, these are high-end five to seven hundred dollar tanks but as the owner of the company told me one time well he told another guy standing beside me he said if you can afford a seventy thousand dollar boat you can afford this five hundred dollar tank so you know it makes a lot of sense but the, the one reason why i like to use it is because it's double insulated it keeps my bait cool and alive it's got an awesome pump system on it you got to start with live live bait uh livelier bait i guess if you will Simple setup, if it's going to sound kind of crazy, but B&M Pose has come out with an inshore rod. It's a 7.6 one-piece rod, and it's used for inshore fishing, trout and whatnot. Well, I got my hands on a couple of them, and I started using them, and they are the ultimate live bait rod. I mean, they are absolutely perfect, because basically all we're using is a number three, four, or five split shot and a hook. That's it. That's it. But that seven. That seven six rod, if you do get a I had a kid Saturday catch a five and a half pound smallmouth on that rod. Uh. No issue. Cause you're gonna catch ten, twelve pound blues, you're gonna catch ten, twelve pound drums, you're gonna catch ten to twelve pound saltwater stripes. So you need a rod that's got backbone plus sensitivity because when you're drifting, you're drifting your boat, you're letting that lead bump the bottom. And you can feel every rock. And normally, when you get to something that's up above the surface of the the river, that's usually where your fish are going to be because they're out of the current. They're waiting on something to come by them. Just an easy bite. So you're, you're drifting. You know. You've 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 yes, you throw out. Yes. And, and you and you just take your foot off the trolling motor and drift. Yeah, I turn my boat sideways. 
So okay. if I've got two clients, I've got one beside me in the front, and I've got one in the back. Well, that that allows them not to get in anybody's way. Mm-hmm. And if you just think, if you took a boat, you're in current, and the current's pushing us about 1.2, maybe 1.5 miles an hour, and you're just you're covering a lot of water. I mean, right. literally, if you just think of a street, you can cover three blocks drifting at 1.5 miles an hour. You you can drift really quick. So the split shot that you have on how far how far from the hook is it i'm assuming you got uh some because it's on the ground and you want your bait coming up above that uh so i mean 16 to 18 inches i got you and now when you're setting up the drift what are you looking for i mean obviously you got your electronics you're seeing fish but kind of to to start that process, are you going to ledges, creek channel? I mean, where are you going to even start to look for these smallmouth? I am looking for a current break. You know, Pickwick's still got a lot of natural stumps. They've still got rock roads. They've got piles of rocks all over. There's Indian mounds, shell mounds. I'm sure you've heard guys mm-hmm. talk about fishing shell mounds. You want to drift anywhere there's a break in the current. I don't care what it is. You know, it can be a, a, a log jam, you know, but we've got our certain drifts that we make, you know, when we're when we're fishing and it's they're just productive. I mean, you know, they're they're productive. When you make a drift and a drift could be two hundred yards long and you catch a fish or catch five fish, obviously you're gonna make that drift again. Right. But you might get over ten or fifteen yards. You see what I'm saying? Right. Well, that drifting, you're covering so much water. So you're basically just looking for an active fish that's going to bite a minute. So it's really, it's it's a simple, simple deal. I've almost completely got, from now to Thanksgiving, uh, booked up. Uh, I've got one or two other guys that's got a few days open. But people are loving this. I mean, uh, Heck that, yeah, they that, are. you can carry them as young as five to six years old, and you can carry them up to, 85 years old i mean it's just and they're going to consistently catch something now i'm not going to say we're going to have days like sunday every day because obviously that's a that was just a blessing but you're going to catch something you're going to catch 40 to 50 fish and to me i love catching smallmouth but i love something tugging on the other end of that line you ain't kidding man that is awesome that is awesome i got to get up there and do that with you man that just sounds like a blast well, and, and I know you don't have, like you said, you don't have many, uh, you've got a lot booked up. You don't have a whole lot of openings, but tell us real quick, make sure the listeners know how to get up with you if they want to come do that. Cause that sounds like no a, doubt. Of a good time. It's awesome. They can call or text me the old fashioned way, 256-483-0834 or catch us on Facebook or Instagram. If you book a trip or try to book a trip and one of us, if I'm booked, then I've got two or three buddies that guide. They're full-time. They've got several days, I'm sure, open. We'll check with them. We will get you in a boat somehow, somewhere up here, so you can try to catch some trophy smallmouth. Man, that's phenomenal. And what about the crappie? I mean, are the crappie doing anything right now? Or are you it's a little just, slow. I mean, it's so We're fun doing what you're doing. You may not even be crappie fishing. Well, I've actually got a trip at the end of the week. We've got some guys that are – starting to slowly catch some i told the guy saturday i said look i haven't been in a couple of weeks but i'm ready to go you know i like to break it up if i'm fishing i really don't care what i'm fishing for this time of year it's it's tough to get off that live bait bite but 
I'll have you a report next week or the week after, I can promise you, on the crappie. But they're kind of in that in-between, kind of waiting on the cold weather to kind of stick and stay right. for a little while. Once that happens, the lakes will drop. They'll slowly start dropping the lakes down to winter pool, and the fish will move out on the brush piles, and it'll be game on. Man, we'll look forward to hearing that. And I look, hey, keep sending me them pictures and them smallmouth, man. That's phenomenal. And <laughs> hey, I, and I sent you a picture earlier of some crappie from Grenada Lake in Mississippi that are giant. And uh, we we may try to. I know this is the Alabama report, but we may we may try to have Carly Joe on here to uh, update us on what's going on in Grenada because those things were beasts, weren't they? Hey, those were, I, I mean, they're, they're monsters. And here's the thing. A lot of guys from Alabama come over and, try, you know, they'll travel to Mississippi. And, hey, we want some Mississippi, Mississippi people to come over and uh, fish our lakes here in Alabama. That's right. Maybe we can reciprocate. That's right. Well, man, let's, uh, let's go all the way down south. We've up north. Let's go all the way to the Mobile Delta with Captain Wayne Miller. Captain Wayne, how are you, man? Man, doing great. I tell you what, I love that talk about Grenada, man. I used to go up there a lot back in the 80s. And man, what a phenomenal fishery. It's been a crappie fishing machine lake <laughs> for a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. So, uh, But, yeah, man, down here on the Delta, um, you know, we're um, – we're in good shape, you know. We were fortunate enough to kind of dodge these last couple of storms, and so our water's in really in great shape. We're transitioning, you know, which is this time of year is typically, you know, it can be pretty tough sometimes because, you know, we got a lot of fish. You know, what happens down here in the fall uh, as we transition? You know, a lot of these fish, especially when we go to talking about down on the lower end of the delta, what commonly is referred to here as the causeway really i mean you could consider it anything from i-65 south almost but um you know what we have happen is these fish start ganging up in the rivers and you know they start that migration up in these creeks and a lot of that is dependent on the bait you know they follow that bait up you know a lot of places in the fall you know you're talking about the fish following the shad well uh, down here, they're following the shrimp. So um, that's crazy. You know, as those, yeah, it really is, man. But, but you know, what we've got the the situation we got right now, we've got fish that have already moved in the creek, but they're still. I would say the bulk of the you know river fish are still out because we're catching just phenomenal numbers of bass still out in the main rivers. And, I mean, it's pretty easy to, to pattern them. Uh, you just got to find ribbon grass. And, uh, man, you find that ribbon grass, especially, you know, say within, you know, a quarter of a mile or closer to a creek mouth. Because, like I say, these fish will eventually migrate up in there, but they're still, they're loading up out on that main river. But, uh, you know, we're power fishing primarily with spinnerbaits. And I've been doing really well with uh, buzz baits early and late in the day. So, man, it's just hard not to get excited about that. Man, anytime you get that topwater bite going with buzz baits, <laughs> you can get a lot of people yeah. excited about that. Hey, yeah, and, I was gonna, and I was going to tell you, Captain Wayne, we got Brad Whitehead's on here with us co-hosting today. So, Stephen is out, but we got Brad on here. So, yeah, okay, well, good. Hey, explain that 
to some people because it's really interesting. Uh, my son's 15, and if he sees a different kind of grass, if he sees vegetation somewhere, he wants to know, hey, what is that? Why is that there? Would you explain that ribbon grass that you're talking about? Because I'm, I'm interested in that myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, ribbon grass, you know, I mean, that's the especially young anglers now just, you know, it's so phenomenal because they have access to quick access to so much information and they can go on YouTube and actually look at videos, you know, where they can actually see that ribbon grass. But it's something that, you know, you see in a lot of these, you know, coastal environments and brackish water systems. And uh, the phenomenal thing about ribbon grass versus other type of aquatic vegetation is, as the name implies, it's like a ribbon, but it moves back and forth with the tidal movement. But baits like spinnerbaits and uh, a lot of your baits can just come right through it. Is it similar to our eel grass up here? Yeah, somewhat, but it's really easy to work baits through and but it, it's a real magnet from the standpoint of really holding, you know, fish uh, as you find it. And uh, a lot of times, you know, what I try to target this time of year, I, especially in a tidal system, you always need to consider the fact there's going to be a lot of times, especially on a strong outgoing tide, you don't want to target flats, even if they've got that good grass on them. Uh, you can look at your, your graph and, you know, look at your GPS map and you can see areas where you have the main channels swing in, you know, really close to the banks. And as you run up those rivers, just ease over to those areas where that deeper water runs right up to the bank and just idle along. If you see some good grass, stop and fish it. But those fish will gang up primarily in areas where they don't have to move very far to drop off to get into some, some safe water. Because unlike, you know, inland impoundments, I mean, these fish, you know, they can have two, three foot of water pulled off of in one afternoon. So yeah. you always have to keep that in mind when you're approaching, you know, trying to piece together a pattern down here on this delta. Well, and that was the question I, mean, I had too with that, with that grass is, is uh you know i'm trying to envision it but and i think i'm familiar with it but uh but i'm not 100 percent sure i know exactly which one you're talking about but what kind of depth are you looking for grass in i mean are you looking for it in a certain a little bit deeper you know, or yeah right now you know what i'm what i'm primarily targeting is i want to find that grass in two to three feet of water with at least three to five feet off the front of it if I have at least three to five feet, you know, I'm talking about within 15 to 20 feet off the front of that grass edge, it just holds tremendous numbers of fish. And that's something else that, you know, most people that are knowledgeable about this delta understand that you can, not like we stop fishing up north this time of year, but there is such a just incredible population of fish on that lower end of the delta and uh you know so when these fish start stacking on those grass beds i mean it's it's something that you know you can run one even power fishing you can run it 
hit it with a, you know, like a spinner bait or a buzz bait, turn right around and lick it again, and then turn around and come down it with a worm and swim that worm or a chatter bait. You know, I mean, there's just so many different things you can do because that grass allows you to run the bait through it. You know, and obviously there's some days when the fish are much more aggressive. And, uh, you know, I mean, and that's what we've seen here over the last two or three days. I mean, they've been, especially early in the day, uh, early in the morning, uh, man, they have been coming out of that grass just absolutely demolishing buzz baits. Man, that sounds really fun. Thinking about the grass and the fall fishing up in Gunnersville and, you know, when you talk to these guys up there, they're fishing these grass and it's like the frog bite. Is the frog bite on yet? And it's a, the frog fit bite fishing is a big deal up there. And, uh, and Gunnersville known for that. I mean, they're famous for it. The, yeah. is, is that the, do y'all ever fish with the frogs in that kind of grass? Yeah, you know, the, the frog bite has been great down here. But to be honest with you, I, one thing that I've, I've really noticed over the last several years, you know, used to, you know, you had just a couple of companies that made frogs. Now everybody that's got a bait company has got a line of frogs out. And uh, there's a reason for that because they're getting thrown just absolutely everybody's throwing them. In my mind, that is one thing that has kind of relit the buzz bait up on this fishery down here because they just don't see it as much anymore. It's pretty neat to, to go to Gunnersville, and we've got a lot of grass now on Pickwick, and to pull up to a spot, and it looks like somebody has just cut out hundreds of paths that's probably two inches wide, where somebody's been, you know, we'll pull up there, and Nathan will go, we don't need to go here, Daddy. I go, why? He goes, look at all them paths cut through there. You know, so it kind of, you know, it kind of lets you know where people's been. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm like, y'all, that frog bite, if you could close your eyes and do it and just go on field, you know, it would be amazing. So, uh, yeah, my nerves is not good enough for it, I guess, so. <laughs> yeah, well, the both the frog bite and the buzz bait are situations where it takes a lot of self-control. If you get to the point to where you can really just wait until you see that rod load up, and, you know, uh, as people learn that, you know, their hookup ratio on those baits goes up just tremendously. Oh, yeah. you got to have some patience. It's not a – it's not a – you miss a lot of fish, uh, and that's true whether you're talking about a frog or buzz bait, uh, any of them topwater lures. It's, it's so hard not to set the hook right when you see it hit, but uh, if you'll wait just a little, just a split, just a second, like you said, and feel that fish before you set the hook, you'll end up catch ratio. Yeah. The fish that you're catching, I know you've talked a lot about the shrimp, you know, and, and obviously when we're fishing in other lakes around the state, uh, you throwing a buzz bait or spin a bait, uh, it, it's mimicking a, a shad uh, or bait fish. I'm just trying to. Are are the if these fish are focusing on shrimp, are are you trying to? Is you think it's mimicking that, or is it just that they're just aggressive and they're feeding in this own? Yeah, to a large degree, I think the buzz bait is primarily just you know aggressive fish. They're just starting to feed up. But now you know one thing that we do. And you'll you'll see it just about on every bass boat you see this time of year. 
everybody's got a rod, at least one rod on the deck with a DOA on it. And a DOA or a voodoo, those are both two uh, types of little small three to four inch, you know, shrimp imitations. And typically what we do, we keep one on the deck and you can work it over and through that ribbon grass I'm talking about. And I do that. I've been catching fish, you know, on that particular pattern. But I typically use that whenever I see a fish come up busting on shrimp. Uh, one thing you, you learn quickly down here is when you start talking about white shrimp, the only defense mechanism a white shrimp has got against getting eaten is to get to the surface and jump. So anytime a fish gets after one, that's what they do. And you'll actually see those fish coming up, blowing on those, you know, shrimp. Well, whenever you see that, I mean, if you just, you can just, if you pick that rod up, make a shot and get that DOA or that voodoo anywhere close to him, he's going to eat it. He's going to eat it. I mean, it's, it's well, a done deal. I know it's in a very exciting time down there right now. You've talked about this and in our shows you've been on the past as, as you look forward to this fall fishing Sounds like it's the best time of the year down there to really enjoy some quality bass fishing. So if somebody wants to book a trip, come down there and go with you. Captain Wayne, how, how do they need to get in touch with you? Uh, they can reach me at uh, 251-455-7404. That's awesome. Well, guys, y'all give Captain Wayne, he, he ain't kidding. He's catching fish right now. And it is that magic time of the year in the uh, in the Delta. So uh, y'all reach out and give him a call. And, man, we appreciate you being on, brother, and look forward to, to next time and get another good report from you. All right, guys. Thank you, Wayne. Take care. Yes, sir. Right. Thank you Thank very you. much. Man, good stuff. That sounds – that's a different – Brad, that's a different way of fishing. It's a different – It is. It, you it's know, very was, interesting about the shrimp. You know, I, I I didn't know that about the white shrimp. You know, jumping on the water and that that's a whole new world down there. So that's, all, uh, that's what's cool. I and me and Stephen talk about it all the time. It's so cool the diversity of fishing we have in the state. It is. Uh, uh, you know, him talking about the frog bite and it going up here, but then he's talking about having a shrimp tied on. Yeah, uh, it's just it's awesome, and it really sounds like he knows exactly what to do. So you're missing out if you go down there and don't give him a call. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Well, let's get out of the Delta and let's come to the middle of the state to Lake Martin with uh, Captain David Hare. David, you on here with us, buddy? Yes, sir. How y'all doing this afternoon? We are doing good, man. I've got a special co-host, Brad Whitehead, on with us today. Man, we appreciate you jumping on and look forward to hearing what's going on with the big giant striped bass in Lake Martin. Ooh, me. Man, you talking about action. We have been loading the boat the last few days. The fish are just basically acting like it's November. Uh, it's a little early for us to be getting all the action we've been getting the last few days, but I, I think it's here to stay. The water temp's down to basically about 74 maybe a little lower the water's good and clear and, and the fish are just turned down man you know what's it and, and, and brad we talked about this at the very first of the show i think it's the first thing you said is is you know we always start this show off on the introduction with we're going to give you a report whether it's good bad or ugly i love days like this because it's good 
everybody we've talked to all around the state is saying the same thing, man. So we gl- we're glad to hear it's good for you as well, brother. I tell you what, I, I've been needing it. I was struggling there for a few days, and uh, and you know me, I tell it like it is, and I've told you some ugly stories when the bite was bad, but uh, but it pays off in the long run. My business is repeat business because they trust what I'm saying. If, if I say, hey, you, you need to reschedule, they listen to me. David, I have heard some good things about you. We come down there and fish. We'll be in the spring with a high school bunch. And uh, I've had several guys, even had a game warden speak highly of you. So uh, I know that you you put people on fish. And you're talking about that good, bad, and ugly. You know, I've called in before and I said, hey, guys, I don't have nothing to say. And they go, that's what you're going to say. And I said, well, it's not good. He goes, then that's what you need to say. Because yeah. I don't think people realize that when you're listening to these, you might be headed up to North Alabama. You might be headed to Lake Martin. And uh, you need to know that the spillways are open or you need to know that the fishing's not good. It, this report right here, what you guys do, could save people a lot of money and a lot of time listening to these. Well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Brad, because I had a conversation this morning with a guy I saw and, and, and he was asking, he's like, oh man, I got to get on and listen to that podcast. And he was like, man, this is the time of year. I love to be fishing. And I said, well, man, the beautiful thing about this podcast is these people that are calling in, they didn't do this two weeks ago. They didn't, do, they didn't go fishing a week ago. This is what's happening around the state right now. They fished either this morning or yesterday this is a perfect tool. Actually, it's a tool that people can listen to on the way to the lake. Here's the great thing about it. It's free. It's it don't free. cost you a thing to listen. But, hey, speaking of that, David, man, I hope your reports are uh, just like what you've been talking about, wide open. I'm going to have to flip out of here. Thank you for letting me come on and co-host with you. But uh, this pretty day and all this talking of fishing – I'm going to tell you, boys, I'm fixing to get out of here and go try it. So, well, Brad, man, I, thank you. I appreciate the extra time you gave us. Appreciate you being on. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Go catch some fish. All right, all right buddy. We'll see y'all. See all you. Right. See you, Brad. Well, man, I, and, and, and Brad, he, I appreciate him jumping on here today and uh, and co-hosting with me. He is uh, such a pleasure to have on, man, just as all you guys are. But So let's get back to the fishing, man. I mean, you are loading the boat with them, right? We are. We are. Uh, now, I'm not, you know, we're not loading the boat with 30 and 40-pound fish right now, but, but this is the time of year you're going to catch a lot of fish. I'm talking about five to twenty pound fish. Yeah, uh, yesterday our biggest one I think was fourteen pounds, but we had a world of them over ten pounds. And uh, the day before, I think we had thirty uh, fish the day before, and just all of them are just good, nice size, good fighting fish, and just a whole lot of action. And uh, you're not out there twiddling your thumbs and you're excited when you look on that graph and just see fish everywhere. And I believe this is the best October I've seen uh, as far as big schools and all I can say is it's actually acting like November. Uh, it's, to me, it's a couple of weeks early for the stripers 
to be as turned on as they are. But but hey, I I'm definitely not complaining. I promise no. you. When this water cools like it is right now, and these fish start schooling up, are you looking for them in different places than you were three four weeks ago? Oh my gosh, yes, I sure am. I actually the last I'd say the last five or six days up until three or four days ago, uh, I was still running down and uh, on the far end of the lake and looking for that late summer bite and all down there and it is happening down there uh but on the northern end is where i'm finding some massive schools and i'm not having to run as far as from where we fish out of and uh so i think it's like this everywhere on the lake from from uh the reports i've been getting from some of my buddies but i do know for sure that we're on schools of fish at just about any place we stop is crazy. That is crazy. So basically what you're doing is you'll get in these spots that you expect, you know, know the fish, got a history, and, and you're just, you're taking your electronics and you're just, you're looking for schools. That's right. That's now, right. And, and are you looking for them off of, I mean, is there a certain depth that you're like, okay, these fish should be in, I don't know, 75 foot of water or 60 foot or whatever it case may be, or are you looking more for creek channels? I mean, kind of what, where you, what's your starting point? I'm, I'm looking off the end of point and I call them underwater islands. Most people call them pumps, whatever. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking in 50 to 60 foot of water and ho hoping to find the fish suspended in the, in the 40 foot range. And if, if you see them suspended, they're, they're usually catchable, and they've definitely been catchable the last few days. I also have seen the last several days that once the sun comes up, and I'm talking about straight up and down and just beaming down on the lake, the bite gets better instead of really? getting Yes, instead of getting slower, it's getting better. So we leave the dock around 630 and and uh yes we're catching fish till until eight or eight thirty with no problem but after about nine o'clock i mean it is it's been going crazy for us good are, now are you fishing live bait right now or are you fishing yes, yes, sir. no sir i'm fishing live bait but we're keeping a lot of top water stuff tied on on our spinning rods because there's a lot of fish uh including bass and stripers coming up on top and it's no one certain place that they're coming up on top i'm telling you if, if you didn't want to leave the dock till 8 30 or 9 in the morning if you were looking for some top water action you could find it out there from 8 39 10 o'clock in the morning through the rest of the day i mean you just ride and look and they're gonna come up somewhere i promise you now and you're still talking about striped bass coming up <laughs> Are you striped bass and, and spotted bass and Both. spotted yes sir this is the most saltwater striped bass i've seen on top in years it reminds me of when the hybrids used to uh be in the lake and they they'd come up and and come up a lot in a lot of different places and stay up and uh and 
and we haven't seen the saltwater stripe do that. I'm talking about in years, but buddy, they are doing it now. And, and, and you know, for people that aren't, that have not striped fish and, and that maybe not be as familiar, you've got a hybrid stripe and then you've got this, what we call, a, you know, what you call a, a saltwater stripe. Do you target them differently or are there not many hybrids left anymore? I'm telling you what the biologists tell tell us, and I'm telling you what's been my uh, experience over several years, that there's absolutely no hybrids left in Lake Martin. They quit stocking hybrids in here years ago, and all of them have either died off or been called out. I, ha- I personally have not caught a hybrid in years. Saltwater stripe more than plentiful the lake's full of them and the and what we call the little native stripe the white bass mm-hmm. of course the lake's full of those too i personally i i miss the hybrids being in here because they were it was almost like crappie if you ever found them i mean you could just catch them till you got tired of catching them i mean they were a lot of fun on real light tackle but now now it looks like these saltwater stripe are fixing to start doing the same thing, and I, I contribute that to the blueback herring that's in the lake. The lake's just full of blueback herring, and my understanding is that the herring come up toward the top in the sunlight instead of instead of waiting for a cloudy overcast mm-hmm. like shad. The herring's coming up to the sunlight, and the and the stripers and the spotted bass are just Falling busting them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool stuff, man. Well, if somebody wants to come fish with you, it sounds like now is the time to be doing it all through November. We know that's going to be good for you, man. Y'all, y'all give, give him a call. How's the best way for him to reach up with, with you? Best way to get, best way to get me is either call or text me, uh, at two, five, six, four, zero, one, three, zero, eight, nine. And if you didn't have time to write that down, you know, just pull it up on the internet, LHC the Guide Service Lake Martin or Saltwater Striper Fishing Lake Martin, uh, and you'll definitely find us. Yeah, you're going to find him. Y'all look for him. Y'all find him and give him a call and go fish with him, man. It's a great time of the year to be doing it. Stay safe out there, buddy. Appreciate you uh, giving us a report today. And, man, like I said, when you first got on, it, these are the days that are awesome because – it's all good right now, and it's uh, we love this time of year. So thank you for calling, and yeah. I look forward to speaking yes, to sir. you soon. If you get a chance, come go with me. I know you keep saying you're going to come, but now's a good time. So come on when you can. Well, I may I may make a phone call to you here in, in the next little while and, and see about lining that up because I want to do it. And, uh, and we'll make good. it happen. All right, yes, buddy. Sir, take care, y'all. man. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Man, another great show, and and uh, and like I said, and we've been talking about it throughout the show. It's just it's it's a magic time of the year, guys. That's all I can tell you. It's it's what we've been, it's what we've been waiting on uh, all through these summer months, and and when things are slow and hot and hard to stay on the water, and now, man, the temperature's right. It feels great outside. You're not burning up. It's just that time of year. You just want to be outdoors whether it's fishing, whether it's scouting for deer, getting ready to climb up in a tree stand. 
get out there, enjoy uh, what this beautiful state offers us. And, uh, man, we're fortunate to be in a place like Alabama that's got so many good lakes and so much good hunting. And so great report. Keep Stephen in your prayers. Uh, he will be back next week. Hope so. And I'm sure he will and, and will overcome the challenges he's going through. But uh, just, just keep him in your mind. And that is going to wrap us up for this week. So please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email it, we'll do it. Just text FISHING to 646-495-9867. That's right. All you got to do is text the word FISHING to 646-495-9867. And, man, we will send you the show uh, each and every week. You'll be subscribed to it. And, hey, look, guys, if you're looking for some hunting land, it's that time of the year. I've got a lot of good properties uh, listed right now that uh, that need somebody to come in and, and take them over and, and put a stand up and start killing some big deer because we've got some great properties out here with National Land Realty right now. So we'd love for you guys to contact me if you're interested in buying or if you're interested in selling either one. Uh, but until next time, we appreciate you guys. Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report out. Talk to y'all later. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and and give Norman a call. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.